antidepressants, there are five groups of antidepressants. The first group is what you see up here. It is the SSRI, the Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. The second group is what we call the Serotonin Norepinephrine Reuptake Inhibitor. Group two or second class is Serotonin Norepinephrine Reuptake Inhibitors, the SNRIs. So you have the SSRI and you have the SNRI, Serotonin. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, uh, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. That's the second group. The third group of antidepressants will be what we call the atypical antidepressant. The atypical antidepressant. And the fourth group is what we call the tricyclic antidepressant the tricyclic antidepressant and the last of the five groups would be what we call the myos the monoamines oxidase the monoamines oxidase inhibitors the myos m-a-o-i these are the five groups of drugs that we refer to as the antidepressant now you want to remember every group. Every group has similarities. All the antidepressants that fall under uh, miles, they have something in common. And when you are reading pharmacology, you want to understand the similarity with the antidepressant monoamine oxidase inhibitors, the miles. You want to understand the similarities between all of or among all of the drugs that fall under. The SSRIs, the SNRIs, the atypical uh, antidepressant, and also the tricyclic antidepressant because they have similar things. They have things in common. And it is because of what they have in common, they are referred to as uh, that particular group of drugs. And on the average, you also want to understand what all of them have in common. All of the antidepressants, what do they have in common? The common thing is, they all can uh, provide some relief when a client has depressive disorders. Now, I'm going to start uh, with this. The first group yesterday, which is the SSRIs, we talked about it yesterday and we gave you examples. We talked about the syndrome, we talked about different things, different complications under the SSRI. So, I'm not going to talk about it today because we discussed it yesterday in a huge, for long period of time. We said it treats major depression, we said it treats um, OCD, bulimia nervosa, it treats bulimia nervosa. So in your, in your study towards the endless, I will read this medication and read uh, the example on, a, on a, this medication and put the disease condition, this just class street. And I will also go about to read on some of those disease conditions and how the treatment take effect. Like we have bulimia, bulimia nervosa. Bulimia nervosa can be treated with SSRIs. How does that treatment occur? 
I will be eager to go and read about what is Berlinian nervosa and how can SSRIs work when it comes to treating Berlinian nervosa. Those will be those are my concerns when I'm reading this medication and how their action take place. Uh, so you will have all of this uh, coming in, and there are so many things we talked about SSRIs yesterday that you want to go ahead and look at them now. For the second group of the second group of antidepressants is you have the SNRIs. So group two on the antidepressant, you will have the SNRIs. They are called the selective, I'm sorry, they are called the uh, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Now, yesterday before I, I started this, I started this topic, I talked about these hormones and their action, their function, how do they affect our body, how do they carry on their work in our body because I want you to have known these hormones and all these chemicals and their function before discussing drugs that are made from them. In that case, it makes it very easier for us to understand this medication and that's why I, that's why I discussed them yesterday before coming into the class today. Now, under here, these are medication that uh, block the reuptake of norepinephrine and serotonin with effects similar to the SSRIs. So the SNRIs, they block the reuptake. They are blockers because when you hear the word inhibitors with this medication, meaning they block, they stop, they cut, they, 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 they go against the production. That's why they are called inhibitors. So when a when drug is inhibitor, it blocks certain production of certain hormone or chemical in our body. That's why they are called the SNRI, because they do not allow the reuptake, meaning the usage of the serotonin and norepinephrine in the brain. That's their function. This medication, that is the SNRI's medication, um, they can treat major depression, these medications can treat generalized anxiety disorder, GAD. This medication can also treat panic disorder. It treats social phobia disorder. It treats pains related to fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia pain. So the SNRIs treat also fibromyalgia. Now, if I'm reading a medication, a drug class, take for example, if I'm reading anti-malaria drugs, I see a drug class called anti-malaria. And in the, for this anti-malaria drugs, it is not my, I would be eager to read about how it treats malaria because I know the word anti-malaria means it treats malaria. What becomes concerning to me is if I saw that an anti-malaria drug treats arthritis. So if I saw that this anti-malaria drug treats arthritis, like quinidine, then it will catch my attention because why would an anti-malaria drug treat arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis? That becomes concerning to me. So I would want to go ahead and read about why this anti-malaria drug treats a pain condition. So. In the end class, these are the points the end class want to know. Because uh, if you say diuretics, 
You know that diuretics are drugs that will cause urination or decrease fluid or increase fluid loss in the body through the kidneys. That's the function of diuretics. Now, it becomes of concern to me if a diuretic drug can treat other conditions. So I, I, I want to go ahead and look up those conditions that diuretics can treat. So in the case of SNRI, they treat fibromyalgia. So you want to look at what is fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia and how does it work with this particular group of medication, the SNRIs? Now, so it also treat osteoarthritis. SNRI also treat osteoarthritis. SNRIs also treat diabetic neuropathy. You remember what is causing pain medication? We said there are three groups of pain medications. We have the opiates, the non-opiates, and we have the last group to be called the adjuvants. So the opiates are those narcotic medications. The non-opiates are the NSAID medication. You have the acetaminophen, you have Tylenol, and you have uh, another group of drugs that we call the adjuvants. We said the adjuvants, we talked about it yesterday, uh, we said adjuvant medication. These are a class of drugs that are combined with other pain medication to treat neuropathic pains. So an example of that, uh, uh, an example of an adjuvant, we talk about an antidepressant, like you have amitriptyline. Amitriptyline falls on a uh, Tricyclic but it's a drug that treats some form of things in the body that has some uh, nerve origin. So, if we are using this drug to treat a pain, we are treating neuropathic pains. And that's why, in the case of diabetic neuropathy, we use some of this antidepressant to treat diabetic neuropathy. So, in pain medication, we have Three group of pain drugs. We have the opiates, the non-opiates, and we have the adjuvants. So you will see that some of these anti, uh, some of these antidepressant medication will fall under adjuvant pain medication, and that's why we're talking about. It's an RRI. We say it treats osteoarthritis, it treats fibromyalgia, it treats diabetic neuropathy, apart from its antidepressant effect. Now, these medications that fall under the SNRIs, um, you have examples include, well, you have the Velafaxine. Velafaxine is an example of the SNRIs. Now, this, there are so many types of SNRIs, but your concern becomes uh, the ones that are frequently used in our now, certainly in the clinical setting, those are our concerns. You have um, drugs like a duloxetine. Duloxetine, it is also a drug that forms SNRIs. So, there are a lot of medication under there. You want to go ahead and look at them and see how they work for our body. When a client has a low back pain, low back pain, we can give them some of these SNRIs. They are called the unlabeled use of medication. 
The unlevered use of medication is the use of medication that, is, that does not come with the drug class, but it has other uh, function to treat other conditions. Like what I'm talking about, like what I just talked about in here. When it comes to these medications, there are some other complications. Among the SSRI's complications, we have sexual dysfunction. When a client is on SNRIs, the client tends to experience what we call some sexual dysfunction. One of them is the anogasmia or anogasmia. They're going to have anogasmia um, when you are on this medication. Um, the client also going to have decreased libido. The client will have decreased libido. Um, due to the medication. The client can also have um, impotency. The client can have or might suffer impotency or the client might have last they might have some menstrual changes for females. So if, if the female is on this medication, she might have some menstrual changes with uh, the antidepressant SNRI. So you all about these things. Um, so when the client is on this medication your concern becomes what are the complications the clients tend to experience. So in the end list, we are not just telling these things because we want to read them. We want to know that when a client is on this medication, the client tends to have some complications. And these are our worries for this medication when we administer them. So when a client is on this medication, you want to be worried about the client adverse effect of medication. The client draws complications. Because in the end class, the angler will label this complication and ask us what are our concerns, or the, or the angler will ask us when you are administering a drug like venafaxin, what is the power of concern? And they're going to put a anodesmia deeply, they'll put this function under the question to see whether you are reading about this particular drug class, you ever came across some of these complications. And the more you see them, your mind clicks to it and you pick it as the correct answer. So that's how it works. So when we are reading this material, let's kind of like reflect on some other things, how they're going to come in the English. When you are on this medication, you can also have serotonin syndrome. You can have serotonin syndrome. We talk about it as we said, this is an emergency. It is a big problem. If it is not arrested, the client can have cardiac arrest and the client might die from this medication. And we said when the client is on this medication, we have a while stop the medication. We talk about the management that we talk about everything on the serotonin syndrome. The client can also have bronchitis and dyspnea as the complication for this particular drug class. So these are things the client can have. Uh, and the client with this on this medication, the client cannot take it when the client is pregnant in pregnancy category C. The client must avoid this medication in the third trimester and breastfeeding. So the, the, the nursing mother cannot take this medication and she must avoid it in her third trimester when she's pregnant. These are things we want to remember about these drugs. And uh, now, another important part is when the client is on SNRIs, the client will not take. SSRIs. So when you're on SNRIs, you don't take SSRIs at the same time. That's one. 
if you have S in our eyes, the client do not take the client does not take miles. M A O I M A O I. The client should not also take T C A. T C A means T C A means tricyclic antidepressant. We about to talk about it. So the client cannot take SSRIs. They cannot take miles. They cannot take T C A. And the client can also um, not take um, other other medication until. If the client must take this medication or left for the MAOs while on those drugs, the client must have this medication for 14 days before the client begins to take miles. Let me make a pause, I don't time for some case scenario. When we are going for the endless, we're not just reading this material because we want to read them, because we have books to read. No. We want to read this material and understand how can we transmit what we are reading into our clinical setting. I gave you a typical example. The anchor will give you a question. They will give you um, the drugs listing. And they will ask you, they will give you a case scenario, the client prisoner with depression, mood disorder, the client had this, the client had that. And the client has the following drugs, uh, MAR, uh, following drugs on the MAR. Which one the next question? They're going to put in they're not going to put, this is our eyes, no, they'll put drugs that fall these classes and they'll ask you which one the nurse question. In the end class, you want to be far-sighted enough to understand that when the client was on, you know, this is our eyes, and the client is beginning to start taking MAOs, TCA, or other like the SNRI, the, the, we want to go ahead and review the client drugs history. If the client was on MAO and the client about to start SNRI, the client has to wait for two weeks, 14 days, to begin the MAOs, the MAOIs, because they are all antidepressant. They suppress the brain. They are all they have some CNS depression or depressive or effect. They can cause re or respiratory suppression. If you're on this medication, you, you, you're not going to breathe well because we breathe, our breathing is initiated from our brain, from our CNS. So if you're on this antidepressant medication, your brain will not be functional fully to allow you breathe, do gastro exchanges. That's the reason why you have to DC one of these drugs for 14 days before you can begin taking any one of them. So when it enter, when it comes to endless, and you have to know what are the drugs that fall under the monoamines, the SNRIs, the TCAs, because the endless will not tell you this is a TCA. No, they will give you the drug's name, parazatine, amitriptyline, and they will give you this medication. They will ask you what would the nurse do, which drug would the nurse question. Then you have to understand that certain medication cannot be administered without medication. So. Um, the client needs to stop MAOIs at least 14 days before beginning SNRIs, likewise TCA or medication. Um, NSAID medication, anticoagulant, uh, risk for bleeding when you take uh, Velafaxin. So when you are on this medication, Velafaxin, 
and you are on uh, anticoagulant or you are on NSAID medication, there will be a risk of bleeding with this medication. So you all know the normal bleeding time. You all know this medication. Also, if you read the stimulus book on a laboratory value, you will get note of the normal bleeding time other things on the laboratory values. So um, we have to understand. Now, another thing is syndromes work. If you are on this medication and you are on the herbal therapy, syndromes work. Syndrome works and these drugs cannot work together because syndrome work will increase the, the risk of bleeding. You cannot be on St. John's ward at the same time, then you honor this medication. The client will understand a huge chance of bleeding disorder or bleeding problem. So you cannot be on them at the same time. And so, so I'm sorry, not that bleeding, I'm sorry, I'm making a mistake. It's not bleeding, it's, um, it's you, if the client is on St. this medication, the client came with a syndrome ward, the client will have serotonin uh, syndrome. The client can have a huge chance of having serotonin uh, syndrome, which is also dangerous compared to even uh, the building problem I was talking about. So you, you want to review your herbal treatment, your herbal therapy, syndrome wards, garlic, um, all those jingle, uh, bitter, uh, Jingle, Bilbao, all those, uh, all of those different types of herbal treatment, they have some, in, they have some effect on our body when we're taking this medication. So you want to look at, look at them. Now, then our next class of drugs would be um, the antidepressant. That is the atypical antidepressant. Now we have the atypical antidepressant as a third class of drugs that form, that form the antidepressant, the atypical. Antidepressant. They are called the atypical antidepressant. It is the third of drugs that fall on the antidepressant. Now, um, these medications they act by inhibiting norepinephrine and dopamine uptake. So they they stop this medication on here. They prevent the uh, they prevent the usage of norepinephrine and dopamine. I discussed the function of norepinephrine. So if norepinephrine is uh, is taken away from the brain in half with it, the brain goes into an imbalanced state. So you will need these drugs to come in and prevent the brain from the, uh, uh, prevent the uptake of dopamine and norepinephrine to so that it can remain in normal amounts in the in the brain. That can that can take the patient back to full functional activities. Now, this medication, you have one, metazepine. Now, on my unit, we should always send this medication, metazepine. Metazepine, it is an antidepressant. It is an atypical antidepressant. Metazepine. We have ribozatine. Ribozatine is also an antidepressant is an atypical antidepressant. We have trazodone. We take trazodone for sleep and other things. Trazodone. 
Chukdo is also an atypical antidepressant. Now, if you work in a mental hospital and you saw this medication, did not check on them, meaning you did yourself injustice. These drugs are available at all of the mental hospitals in America or the middle of the day. So many initiate in those group homes. So these are what atypical antidepressant, metazepines, rivocetine, trazodone. We so now when a client cannot sleep, we give them trazodone. So you have Vila, uh, we have one called the Vila, Bilazodon, Bilazodon are all examples of the atypical antidepressant. Then we, when we are on this, this medication, these drugs can treat depression because they are antidepressant, so they treat depression. This medication can alter both SSRIs and SNRIs for clients who cannot tolerate uh, those drugs with sexual dysfunction. So if a client cannot take SSRIs and SNRI due to its complication, it will cause the client to have increased libido, meaning the client will, or, or the client can have decreased libido or impotency or menstrual irregularities, then we stop the, this medication and replace it with the atypical antidepressant. I want you to understand this. Let me just repeat what I said. If a client cannot take the SNRIs or the SSRIs due to the complication of those medications, we change it to the atypical antidepressant, in short. Now, this medication can also treat ADD condition, which we call ADD is the Attention Deficit Disorder, ADD. Um, this, this group of drugs can cause other complications like headache. It can cause dry mouth. It makes, them, uh, it makes the mouth get dry. The mouth cannot have, uh, the moisturization of the mouth will be absent when you're on this medication. It causes GI distress because it's going to dry up the GI tract it's going to cause constipation, it's going to cause increased heart rate, it's going to cause hypertension, it's going to cause restlessness, and it causes insomnia when you are on this uh, medication. These are just some of the complications with uh, atypical antidepressants. So for such medication, if the client ever had any of these complications, what are the nursing management? In our endless study, when we are reading any material, when we are reading any disease condition, when we are reading any procedure, any medication, our concern should be nursing intervention. The NCLEX will ask us, what would a nurse do? In every NCLEX test you ever took before or you don't ever take, after every one or two questions, you see three or four coming in row, they will ask, what would a nurse do? Because we are nurses. What would a nurse do is what you are being paid for as a nurse. So if you don't know what you're going to do, meaning you can be a nurse. So when you are reading the book, when you see where it says nursing intervention, nursing consideration, nursing management, it is where you want to pay more time because it is where you're going to be tested on. So every condition, every disorder, every procedure, you want to understand what is your role as nurses with those procedure or those or, or those or nurse administration. Under here, when the client Ever came out with all this complication, dry mouth, headache, GI distress, complication, or constipation, 
other thing insomnia, the nurse has to advise the client to observe for this possible adverse effect. That's the first thing. If a client has an adverse effect, or if the drug has an adverse effect, the nurse wants to teach the client that this medication has an adverse effect that you must watch out for when you're on the medication. You also want to make sure that uh, the client treats headache with mild analgesic. If the client cannot have headache, the client can treat it with mild analgesic. If the headache becomes severe, then that's a different thing. But if it is mild, the client treats it with analgesic. And if the client has dry mouth, for any medication that causes dry mouth, the client will chew gum, but the gum should not have sugar in it. So I repeat this, any condition that leads to dry mouth in our nursing setting, dry mouth is treated with sugarless gum, sugarless gum. So you buy a chewing gum that does not contain sugar. That's how we treat dry mouth in the ankles. Now, um, also, if a client, if a client ever had, let's take for example, the client ever had constipation, we treat with high fiber or uh, dietary fiber to prevent the constipation. If the client has seizure, we want to administer, we want to avoid any risk of seizure. We want to, we want to like a, we want to not, we cannot serve monoamines with these antidepressants. We cannot serve two of others different antidepressants unless the doctor deem it necessary. So these are the uh, just we want to talk about. Then um, I want you to look at the drugs I listed under here. Metazepines, Tracidone, look at um, uh, the Vedazidons, look at the, look at the Rebozectine. Those are the most common anti-atypical antidepressants. And you want to know them and know them well for the endless. I'll discuss for you one and the other three, I want you to look them up yourself. Let's look at uh, metazepines. Now, for these medications, metazepines, uh, metazepine increases the release of serotonin and norepinephrine by blocking the presynaptic receptors. And then if the presynaptic receptors are blocked, this will increase the amount of serotonin and, uh, the, and, and, and norepinephrine in our body. And this would carry back our level of norepinephrine and serotonin in our body to normal. So this will help us to prevent depression or carry away our depression. For this medication, um, the therapeutic effect occurs sooner with less sexual dysfunction than SSRIs. So if the client has, uh, if the client is on this medication, the client can get their therapeutic level with less sexual problem compared to the SNRI and the SSRI. That's why when the client has menstrual problem with this medication, the data will change the medication with what? With the atypical antidepressant. Now, this medication also, metazepines, 
can be is well tolerated by many clients, and that's why you will see the doctor for almost both the client that having depression who cannot take or who having some or other reaction to other antidepressants. This medication you want to avoid alcohol use, benzodiazepines. When you are on this medication, you want to avoid them. You want to also look at the client with the client will have weight gain with this medication. The client will have elevated cholesterol with this medication. The nurse wants to advise the client to take this medication at their time because it is also a sleep aid. Like for where I used to work, Trazidone was what we use for adults. Trazidone for sleep aid, we use them for adults. And we use uh, melatonin for the kids when they are when, when they are admitted in the knee sleep aids. So these drugs can also be used as sleep medication for clients who have depression. So I want to go ahead and read about the Velazodone, read about the Rebozactin, read about the Trazodone and the action on the body. Then we look at um, the next class of uh, antidepressant. Those are the TCAs. The TCAs is the fourth class of antidepressant. They are called the tricyclic antidepressant. Tricyclic antidepressant. Now, these are my favorite medication. For some reason, I love this medication. Um, these TCAs, you have what we call the doxepines, doxepines, the best one I love on among them is uh, among them is the amitriptyline. Amitriptyline. Um, then you have drugs like uh, the tramaf, the tramipa, the tramipramine, tramipramine. I'm sorry for the pronunciation. Um, these are all drugs that fall under the anti, the TCA, the trisacaridepressant. Now this medication. They block the reuptake of norepinephrine because when the body goes dry on epinephrine, on serotonin, on dopamine, or neurochemicals, the body goes into depression. Our goal in depression is to make sure that the body does not go dry on those neurochemicals that control our mood. Because our mood is controlled. You must now say, Serotonin controls our well-being. So when you, you, you know at a certain time of the day, you're going to wake up sometime, you, you, you're going to feel moody. You just don't feel happy, you feel sad, you feel disturbed. And you cannot lay your hands on what disturbing you. So that is just the kind of mood. So in that case, we are having some fluctuation of our neurochemicals. Not epinephrine, serotonin, dopamine. There is some fluctuation. So we are having that mood. Now, but it is not a disorder until your mood swings affect your ADLs. If the mood swing is not causing you, you cannot have a boyfriend, you cannot have a husband, you cannot talk to your kids, that becomes a problem. If your mood swing is causing you to not maintain your job, then it becomes a disorder. So that's why we're talking about. So we're going to have this mood swing coming. No matter when you are a human being, you're going to have different mood swings. But it is not the order until it becomes effective to your ADLs. So in mood disorder, 
individuals who have this order cannot maintain friendship, they cannot maintain daily job, they cannot go to school, they cannot have good interpersonal relationship. These are things they're going to have. So when this happens, we're going to have this problem. Now, meaning that neurochemicals are imbalanced. So to create stability, we must give those neurochemicals that will provide balance. So we give those neurochemicals that will prevent the usage of those chemicals by a certain portion of the body. So it will accumulate more. The more we have those chemicals accumulated in our brain, the better our mood. And that's why you hear all these inhibitors, these antagonists, and other things because they are preventing the uptake of these chemicals in our brain just to manage our mood. So this medication, um, it, it takes up to 14 days before TCA starts to work. So TCA, it takes up to 14 days before their work is start. 14 days before they will start to work for us for depression. Now, but they can work for other condition ASAP. Like if you had headache, neuropathic headache, and you took amitriptyline for strong headache, headache that cannot go out of time now. Or you take, if you take amitriptyline, it carries the headache away. It makes you relax. It makes you feel at ease. You feel so good. So with this medication, if it is, it is taken for depression, it takes up to 14 days to start working. But other condition, it might start to work ASAP. Now, so these drugs um, can treat depression, it treats bipolar episode for depression, it treats fibromyalgia, it treats insomnia, it treats ADHD, attention deficit or hyperactivity disorders. It treats anorexis. This drug class treats anorexis. Um, it treats that. Uh, it treats um, so many other conditions. Our concern here for this medication, with clients on this medication, my number one concern is orthostatic hypertension. This medication can cause orthostatic, um, it can cause orthostatic um, hypertension. It causes orthostatic hypertension. So when a client on the medication, the client can now wake up from sitting position to stand up, or they cannot get up from bed and just stand up. They're gonna have drop in the BP, which will cause swelling of the, of the head, and the client might fall. Then the client can also uh, have this is what I love. The client is going to have anti-cholinergic effect, cholinergic effect when the client is on this medication. What are the anti-cholinergic effects that we know about? They are the dry mouth, the constipation, the dry eyes. These are examples of the cholinergic effect we're talking about. They're going to have like a blurred vision. They will have photophobia. They're going to have um, tachycardia. These are all symptoms of anti-cholinergic effects. These are symptoms. Now, when they are having this particular competition of, of, of the medication, what can we do? In this case, I said, if the client has dry mouth, what do we do? 
we chew gum without sugar, sugarless gum. If the client has constipation, we eat fiber diet. If the client has dry mouth and dry throat, we sip on ice chips. We also wear sunglasses if we are going to the sun and the client has photophobia. We eat high fiber diet if the client has constipation. And we increase our fluid intake if the client is dehydrated with this medication. We also uh, uh, avoid just before taking medication. We notify the doctor if this complication persists and they cannot yield to the management we are talking about here. If they cannot yield to those management, then we call the doctor. So remember for remember everything I talk about, well, I want to talk about the anticholinic effects. This just can cause sedation. So you so you want to avoid any activities that will require your full alertness, driving motor vehicle, driving heavy machineries or operating heavy heavy machineries. You want to avoid it when you are on the antidepressant medication in general. Um, TCAs has a toxic effect. This medication also has contraindications. Pregnancy category C. Um, when a client has a seizure disorder, we cannot administer TCA when a client has seizures. We cannot, uh, we can increase, this just can increase the client's suicidal ideation after one week of being on this medication. Um, this just cannot be concurrently administered with monoamines, oxidase inhibitors. With this medication, we must stop one of them for 14 days before we can initiate the other one. This medication, we want to avoid the concurrent use of this medication. Antihistamines. Example for antihistamine is Benadryl. Antihistamines and other anticholinergic agents, they have what we call additive effects when they are administered together. This medication can increase uh, the effect of epinephrine. This medication I'm talking about here, they can also increase the effect of dopamine. Um, they also decrease the effect of ephedrine. So this medication, the, the TCA, the decree, uh, it decreases the effect of dopamine, it decreases the effect of ephedrine, it decreases the effect of amphetamines. So you have ephedrine, ephedrines, you have amphetamines, amphetamines, look them up, what are the amphetamines and what are the ephedrine? look them up. The, the decrease, it decreases the effect of both ephedrine and amphetamines when you are on TCAs. Now, in the end class, believe me, you want to understand and know monoamines, TCAs, SSRIs, beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, those are the most frequently used drugs you see in the end class. And this medication, the TCAs, the MAOIs, the SSRI, SNRI, these medications, they have serious complications that you want to avoid. So when I ask you the client is having this condition and the client has the following medication on the MAR, which drugs will the nurse question? Hey, take a deep breath, close your eyes and take a deep breath and take your time to look at the medication, think about the classes and start to 
analyze them one at a time. These questions can be very confusing in English, and it, it requires your whole self. It, because in English, if you don't study these things well, you mistakenly choose NAOIs versus RRIs for TCA. And you have to look at them well to be a fully functional person at the end place. Then uh, we'll take a let's see what we have questions here. So the last class of antidepressant, we uh, they are the, the, the monoamines oxidase inhibitors, the myos. The myos are the last class of antidepressant. This medication. Um, they block the monoamines oxidase in the brain. When the monoamines are blocked in the brain, it leads to an increase in norepinephrine. Because monoamines, if they are not blocked, they dry up norepinephrine. And if norepinephrine is dry up, we're going to have mood swing or mood imbalance. So when we block the monoamines, and then we'll have dopamines, epinephrine, serotonins, and, ter and teramines. They become available. So you have teramines, you have norepinephrines, you have dopamines, you have serotonins. So when you take monoamines, oxidase inhibitors, it increases the amount of these chemicals in the brain. If you take out the I from there, they become monoamines oxidase. So with the monoamine oxidase present in the brain, it dries up these uh, neurochemicals. So when we add the I's there, it becomes the medication. It becomes monoamine oxidase inhibitors. The inhibitor means the block. So when you take the MAOIs, the block, the uptake. Uptake means the use. So the block, the uptake of these neurochemicals which would give us a better mood that's what happening on the head this monoamines examples you have the saligiline saligiline are an example of myos another most frequent example of myos is the phenazine phenazine is one of most commonly used bios in our midst. Another one is the aso carbos uh, the as the aso carbozazid the aso carbozazid. Another, another, another common commonly used one in mental health in mental health setting. Um, so you have this medication. Another one is the the. The tranisapromine, the tranisapromine, tranisapromine. So there are different types of monoamine oxidase inhibitors. They are very general medication that they have. They are so jealous to be given a low order medication. It causes serious problem. This medication can treat depression. Remember, we talk about serotonin. We say it increase or it sharpens our appetite. We said it gives us better mood. It sharpens our appetite. So if we have low level of serotonin in our body, we have low level of serotonin, 
we cannot eat. And that's why you see those who have mood problem, they're not going to eat. So if you have a depressed mood, you wouldn't want to eat. It's like something happened that disturbs your mind. You wouldn't want to eat because the chemical is supposed to create appetite, is supposed to see food and create likeness of the food. That neurochemical is serotonin and it is dry up. It is not present in, in the body. So due to that, when you see food on the table, your appetite is gone. But when you take the MAOIs, they prevent the reuptake of serotonin, and if serotonin is in high volume, in, in high volume in your body, it helps to increase your appetite. Now, I want to understand the function of these chemicals. It is, it, it is the, 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 it is the easiest way to understand this medication and their function. So, um, the monoamines. They also treat bulimia nervosa, they treat OCD, they treat PTSD, they treat depression, they treat SAD, social anxiety disorders. This medication can cause the same complications, the same complications we talk about in the last talk about medication, the TCAs. These drugs can also cause the same complication. The only one that is not among them is um, local rash. With so it can cause there will be local rashes on the skin when you use this. The, the, the when you use the uh, the topical uh, the topical the trandomal patch, it can cause local rash to come on the skin. Besides that, everything remains the same with, uh, with the TCA, and that's why we do not we never ever. Administer it concurrently with TCAs. Uh, these drugs, um, we cannot serve it along with SSRIs, it leads to serotonin uh, syndrome. We cannot use it with anti hypertensive drugs because it's going to cause a serious hypotensive effect. That's why Florence was just talking about. We cannot serve this monoamines medication. With any of anti-hypertensive medication, they're going to cause serious hypertension. So, if, if we read the books well, what's this in the book? The questions, something will come directly from our book, word for word. Some questions will come from other things that will trans, trans, transform our, our state of well-being, our minds, our skills to answer them. But some will come word for word from the books we are reading. See, she just asked about that medication. She asked about why can we use this medication along anti-hypertensive anti medication because it's going to cause serious hypertensive crisis. It's in the book written clearly. So if we read our books well, believe me, we'll understand a lot of things for the English. And then we have, uh, um, we cannot use it with meperidine. So if we use these drugs with meperidine, um, it's going to cause what we call, it will cause um, hyper, hyperparesia. If we use it with meperidine, meperidine, it causes hyperreflexia. 
hyper reflexia. If you use this MAOI for vibrating, they're going to cause hyper reflexia. Um, tell rich food can lead to AB. On this medication, I talk about tyramine. Any food that contains tyramines, if you consume it with uh, anti-hypertensive medication, uh, sorry, if you consume it in rich amount while on this medication, the client is going to have hypertensive crisis. Hypertensive crisis. You want to look up what a tyramine medication, what a tyramine food. Look them up. Um, so the client will mostly experience headache. They will experience nausea. They will experience um, they will experience increased heart rate. They will experience increased blood pressure. What are tyramines food? Food that contains like a cheese foods, avocado, salamines, those are aged cheese, pepperonis. Those are all food that contains high amount of uh, tyramines. So you, you want to avoid when you're on this medication because you're going to cause hypertensive crisis. Um, monoamines. Chamomile patch does not seem to affect me. To affect me, so we cannot take monoamines and tyramine cannot go together. But we can use the monoamine patches, which is not affected by mono uh, or which is not affected by, by tyramine. So those patches for monoamines, they have patches of monoamine medications. So those patches. Uh, cannot affect tyramine level when you are eating food or cannot cause uh, increased hypertensive crisis. Uh, we cannot use these monoamines with uh, vasopressors. What are vasopressors? You have caffeine. So you cannot use these drugs with caffeine products. You cannot use this medication with also phenylethylamines. You cannot, you're going to cause hypertension. You want to avoid food that contain caffeinated beverages, chocolate, chocolates cannot be consumed with these monoamines. You want to avoid, um, you want to avoid ginseng, ginseng, uh, ginseng, ginseng. Herbal materials cannot be consumed along with this medication, ginseng. Also, we have fava beans. We cannot take it. Fava beans cannot be administered along with monoamines or to this medication. Um, we cannot also consume, uh, we should avoid these foods. It should not be used within 10 to 14 days before or after surgery. You understand that? We cannot use this medication 10 to 14 days before surgery or after surgery. Now, in the A class, these are things you want to be smart. Now, if I move my ankles and I saw a case scenario, I saw other medication in the ankles question that I don't know about, but I saw a monoamines and more medication option, and they are asking which drugs you cannot take after this procedure. I will take the most troublesome one that I know, monoamines, TCAs, because they are the ones I know that are troublesome, so I will take them. Any question? Let's look at, you see? 
bipolar disorders and medications. Um, bipolars are primarily managed with mood stabilizing medication such as lithium carbonate. So lithium is a mood stabilizer. Um, other drugs can be used like the anti-epileptic medication to treat bipolar conditions. Like you, you use vaporic acids, acid. We use um, carbamazepines to treat bipolar condition. We can use lambotrigine to treat bipolar condition. We can use um, uh, topiramate. These are all drugs for seizure, but they can be used to treat bipolar condition. Um, and here we'll talk about the antipsychotic medication like olanzapine. It can be used to treat clients who have bipolar condition. Um, these drugs have some mood stabilizing ingredient in them. That's why they are being used to stabilize the mood. Um, we'll talk about anxiolytic medication. We talked about that yesterday. We said benzodiazepines are anxiolytic medication. They are anxiolytic medication. Benzodiazepine, the benzos. So over here, we're talking about the benzos also because they are also can, can be used to treat mood. We're talking about antidepressants also under here. There are some antidepressants can also be used to treat mood problem. So you see them here. So when you see them, we should talk, talk, talk about those drugs we just talked about in other classes. Don't be surprised. Now, we start with mood stabilizer. For mood stabilizer, mood stabilizers. Now, mood stabilizers, the first one is lithium carbonate. Lithium carbonate is a very big mood stabilizer. Lithium carbonate. This medication or this lithium carbonate produces some neurochemical changes in the brain, including the blocking of serotonin uh, reuptake. So it blocks the site for serotonin, um, it decreases some neuronal condition. It's used to treat bipolar condition. Lithium controls acute mania. So um, in bipolar, we are having two personalities, two mood personalities. We are having a hyper personality, which we call maniac, and we are having a decreased mood personality, we call depressive or depression, or we call it hypomania. Under here, and what is important under here is these drugs. When you are on lithium. You must always observe lithium levels. The level of lithium must be observed, must be in therapeutic range. We cannot be administering lithium, and then we do not know the normal lithium level in our body. So uh, we have to know the lithium level in our body when we are administering uh, this medication. Normally, it's between at least 0 0.6 to 1.2 for lithium is between. 0 0.6 to 1.2, uh, that's the level of lithium when you're on a medication. Now, what is important here is lithium can cause GI distress, like diarrhea, nausea, abdominal pains. 
It causes what we call fine hand tremors. Lithium can cause fine hand tremors. We own lithium. Lithium can also cause. Um, so, let me, say, let me say this. If the client is on lithium and the client having fine hand tremors, the client will take beta. The client will take beta adrenergic blocker, adrenergic blockers. So look at what are beta adrenergic blockers. Look them up. The client will take beta adrenergic blockers. Um, adjust the lowest possible dosage, just so the need just be what they are all LL drugs, beta blockers. So this should not confuse you. You are seen as beta blockers. So you see the proponent law. No law, the four hundred beta blockers. So don't get confused. Now the client will take beta blockers when the client is having fine hand tremors. The client will adjust the dosage. They will lower the dosage. Um, the client will report any increased tremors. The client can have polyuria when the client is on most of the lithium. They will urinate faster. Um, in that case, you want to use potassium sparing diuretics if the client is. Being faster, you want to you, you want to get the client potassium sparing diuretics. Now, what is an example of such medication? You have spironolactone. It is an example of potassium sparing diuretics. So the client is having polyuria. Which medication would the nurse expect the doctor to prescribe? Yes, they are having polyuria. They will still need a drugs that will make the urinate faster. But this, in this case, this drug they are taking will uh, spare for them the potassium in the body. And that's why they will need potassium sparing diuretics. To be specific, they will take spironolactones. Um, under here, it can also cause mild test. It causes weight gain. It causes kidney toxicity. Um, the client can have goiter and the client can have hypothyroidism. So for lithium, the client can have goiter as complication and the client will have hypothyroidism. So remember that thyroid hormone it is a hormone that increases metabolism. So the more thyroid we have, the faster our pace of metabolism. So if we have hyperthyroidism, your body will break down food so fast. So in that case, a client of hyperthyroidism needs to eat more, needs to eat heavy food. A client of hypothyroidism is having deficiency in thyroid hormone. Such client will need to eat less light food because the client has a slower metabolic rate. If they eat too much, they will become obese and they will become moody. So, client of hypothyroid condition, they eat lesser food because the body is not working in huge amount. They have poor intolerance. People who have hyper condition, the body works faster, the body breaks down, they sweat a lot, and they have heat intolerance. I want us to understand when we're discussing one topic. Well, we should also wide range of topics surrounding our topic. That makes you be a full, endless person.
That's how, that's, that's how the implant operation. The client is on this medication, this uh, the, the, the lithium, the client will have guata and the client will have hypothyroidism. And guata is when you are having deficiency of thyroid. And that's the reason why guata is one of the most commonly found disease conditions in counties in Liberia that, that do not have the C, like Nima. Nima does not have, or, or, or if you see Nima, you'll see Nima is a kind that does not have a C. That's why you're going to see Nima have one of the highest uh, amount of cases in Liberia. And in other countries in Africa, in other parts of the world that, do, that, that are landlocked, so landlocked countries do not have C. In that case, they do not eat, they do not consume too much seafood. And if you're not consuming too much seafood, you will lack iodine. And when you lack iodine, you stand the chance of coming down with hypothyroidism or water. That's what happened in this case for sure. Now, so um, when you are having water or you have hypothyroidism, you want to obtain your total thyroid hormone, the T3, which is the which is the triiodothyroxine, the T4. The TSH will do those tests and know the levels. Now, we also want to uh, do this test annually. You want to advise the client to monitor the symptoms of hypothyroidism. What are the symptoms? Cold. They will have cold intolerance. They're going to have um, they're going to have dry skin. Because these things you don't remember these things for the ankles. These things present themselves, they, 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 they present just how you see, when you're hypo, it means low tower. And tower function is to increase metabolism. So if we have low tower, we're not going to increase, we'll have decreased metabolism. And we're having decreased metabolism, we'll have core intolerance because our body is not working to, to, to break down. If the body is not working, we'll be cold. We cannot tolerate cold. If the body is working over plus, there will be heat. When you eat, what happens to you? You sweat. When you are hungry and you eat the food, you sweat. If you go to drop, because when you're hungry, when you drop, the food is broken down. That is that, that, that is uh, metabolism. So just understand these things and get it applied to our everyday life for the endless. It helps you a lot. Um, the client, uh, we have lithium level. We always want to have our lithium level to be below 1.5. The normal level is 0.6 to 1.2, but it should not go above 1.5 when we are on medication. So these are things you want to see. And the client is having lithium toxicity. The client will have diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, thirst, polyuria, muscle weakness, fine hand tremors. They will have slow speech, and they're going to have lethargy. These are things the client will have when the client have this. Uh, and then lithium level above 1.5, they, they will have this condition. If the client level is above that, they are having an advanced lithium level, the client will have GI distress, they will have, uh, now, let me make a pause. When you hear GI distress, what comes to your mind? Nausea, vomiting, are the first two cardinal signs of GI distress. Nausea and vomiting. Now, the client will have mental confusion. The client will have poor coordination. The client will have coarse tremor. And the client will have sedation. If the client has
as any of these symptoms, you hold the medication. The first thing you hold the medication, you call the doctor. You administer new dosage based on the blood serum level. We don't stop the drug. We hold the drug, call the doctor, repeat the serum level, and the doctor prescribes new dosage depending on the blood serum level. If the level is above 2.0, meaning it's higher than 2.5, Meaning the client is having severe latent toxicity. Now, let me just read them for you. Um, I want to answer to remember this thing very well. If the client has um, above 1.5, it is what we call early increment. That's one. The, the second portion is if the client has above 2.0. That becomes advanced lithium level. Advanced. If the client has above 2.5, above 2.5, that becomes a severe increment in, uh, in the level of lithium in our body. That is severe lithium toxicity. In this case, the client will have extreme polyurea with a dilute urine. The client is going to have involuntary extruded or uh, of movement, they will have blood vision, they will have ataxia, they're going to have seizure, they will have severe hypotension, and if it is not managed, the client will go into coma with a severe lithium toxicity. That's why those drugs in your book that have uh, the level, the serum level, you want to do it your fingertip because those are drugs that have a very short therapeutic indexes that need to be monitored when the clients are on this medication. When the client is having severe toxicity of lithium level, one administer anti-emetics. So in this case, you want to administer emetics. What are emetics? These are drugs that will cause the client to vomit, to throw out. You want to put out some of these emetics. Now, so if the client is having increased lithium, what would the client have? Uh, what, would the, what would the client have? Would the client have metabolic acidosis or metabolic acidosis? Now, more almost more thing on these things, but a client on lithium and a client level of lithium are above 2.5. What would the client present with? A, metabolic acidosis. B, metabolic acidosis. No, let's And we have to understand which ABD condition, there will be obstruction, there will be stimulation, there will be breakdown, there will be acid, there will be, you got to alter these things as you go ahead. So you're going to have an um, increased lithium. Now when you have lithium above 2.5, indeed, those are the signals the client will have. The client will go into coma. And in this case, you want to assess the client for possible hemodialysis. In this, at, at this point, the client needs to vomit to reduce it. The client needs to have a dialysis because the level of lithium are too high for the client. So they want to have dialysis to put out the excess amount of toxic level in the body. Um, you want to go ahead also um, to do that lithium is contraindicated in pregnancy category D. Um, it is teratogenic for the babies. Um, when you take lithium with diuretics, so 
Sodium is excreted in with, with, with the use of diuretics. It reduces the level of sodium in our body, which can lead to, which can lead to toxicity in the body. So in this case, um, we want to encourage the plant to drink enough water. Um, when we take lithium, when we take lithium with NSAID, NSAID medication, ibuprofen, and that of the salicosate. Salicosate is salicosate. Salicosate medications, um, these medications, um, when you use them with lithium, it causes increased renal absorption of lithium, which will lead to lithium toxicity. So this medication will increase lithium absorption. When you take it, if not careful, it leads to lithium toxicity. So you don't administer ibuprofen with lithium, it will increase the lithium absorption in the body. So um, these are things you want to remove for the entrance. Um, let's look at another group. Uh, another group would be the most stabilizing medication, the AEDs. The AEDs medications, you have drugs that can treat seizure disorder. Seizure medications are called AED seizures. Now, these medications are also used to treat mood problems. They are one, vaporic acid. Vaporic acid. You have um, you have um, carbamazepine, carbamazepine. You have drugs like a lamotrigine, lamotrigine. You have drugs like a um, levetiracin, levetiracin. These are drugs that treat um, seizure, but you need use to treat mood disorders. Um, you have. This medication. Now, these drugs can help to manage bipolar disorders in our body. Um, the potentiates, or we call GABA, G-A-B-A, -A, the gamma butyric acid. That's chemistry. Just remember the word GABA, G-A-B-A, -A, meaning a potentiate, meaning it, it, it increases the function of GABA in the body. Uh, these medications, um, they used to treat and prevent relapse. Of mania disorder or mania bubble problem. This medication um, they can also prevent depressive episodes with bipolar disorders. This medication can be useful for clients who have mixed mood. They have rapid cycling. Look at this work. If a client has rapid cycling, rapid cycling mood problem, look at this work. Rapid cycle, what does, it, what, what does it mean when it says plant has rapid cycle mood problem? Check it out. Now, it can be used to also prevent this rapid cycle bipolar disorders. Um, for these medications, they have some other complications. Number one, for the first one, carbamazepine, yeah, it has CMS depression. For carbamazepine, it causes CNS depression. For carbamazepine, it also causes uh, hematologic effects. It causes blood disorder, hematologic problem. Um, so, um, when you are administering carbamazepine, you want to obtain 
your you all do your blood precaution, leukopenia, anemia, thrombocytopenia, and pancytopenia. When you are immunotherapy patient, you look up all these blood problems: anemia, low blood, or pancytopenia, total low blood cells. You want to talk about um, when you talk about uh, thrombocytopenia, low level of thrombocytes in the in the blood. You want to look up look up all those tests and know the result for for administering carbamazepine pains. Um, this just this just also the carbamazepine pain can cause teratogenesis. Meaning it can be used in pregnancy. It causes hypoosmolarity. Um, now, another thing, I want to say for the NCLEX, osmolarity. Please look at osmolarity. Please look at this particular word. What does it mean? Osmolarity. Look at it and look at urine specific gravity. What does it mean by osmolality and urine gravity? What, what, what? When you mean is dark in color, when you are urinating faster, what are you having? Look at this word. They are important to differentiate for the entrance. You also want to look, don't look at um, this just can cause liver disease, hepatotoxicity. Then you have lamotrigine. So, Look up these drugs, lamotrigine, levetiracin, carbamazepines, vaporic acid. Please look them up. When you are looking them up, I want you to look for how they treat these conditions. What are the adverse effects? What will be the nursing management? You got to download uh, what we call the Medscape. The Medscape app is a very unique app for nursing students. It gives up us a lot of important information about this medication. You see the black box warning. Almost some drugs that are very dangerous will have black black box warning. So as a nursing student, you want to know about these things for the ankle. They are important to know them. Then we look at um so look them up one at a time. Then we'll look at um before we leave Let's look up um, something very unique. That is the psychotic medication. And we'll look at them, we'll stop somewhere. If we don't finish it, we'll finish it, we'll come back, come back the next time. Let's look at uh, psychotic medication. Now, under here, these psychotic medications um, they are the one that treats schizophrenia and schizophrenia spectrum disorders with different categories. These medications are used to treat positive symptoms that are found in clients. It also treats negative symptoms. What are negative symptoms and positive symptoms in mental health? Positive symptoms are added behavior. They are added behavior in clients when the clients fall sick. So they were not present in our body, but due to the illness, we started having them. Example, you have delusions, you have hallucination. When you were not sick, you could not hear voices, you could not see tomorrow, could not see 
You were not feeling like you are Jesus. You, you, you did not have the belief that you are a boyfriend to um, Joe Biden's wife. So we don't have those beliefs due to your illness with quality positive symptoms. Negative symptoms are those symptoms that are taken away from you or those things that you should do to make you to look like a normal human being but they are taken away due to the illness. Example, GD, when you cannot take care of yourself, when you have what we call GD, meaning you are cross to this, you are greatly disabled, meaning you cannot control, you cannot, you cannot maintain your ADS, brushing your teeth, taking shower, cutting your hair, your nails. If you cannot do those things, meaning the normal things that you used to do when you were nice, when you were well, due to the illness, they have been taken away. They are minors. So the minors behavior are all called negative symptoms, and the other behavior are all called positive symptoms in mental illness. So this medication treat both negative and positive symptoms of psychosis. Let's look at that in detail. Now, over here, I will start with uh, the conventional antipsychotic. They are called the conventional, the conventional antipsychotic medication, or better still, you can call them the first generation antipsychotic medication. They are called the conventional antipsychotic medication. That's the first one. And this medication, if you do not know, or if you did not know, the first generation, I'll put plus here, the first generation medication for this, they treat positive symptoms. I'll put positive signs of symptoms here, so you remember this very well. So it means, number one, plus SS, meaning, number one stands for first generation, and the plus means it treats positive signs and symptoms of mental illness. So in the English, they're going to come in the English for SAC. You will see, they will ask you, the first generation antipsychotic medication or the conventional antipsychotic medication treats what symptoms? So, so they treat the positive signs and symptoms of psychosis. That's the one I was These medications, um, they have a huge potency, but they also have some harsh side effects and adverse effects that the patient would not desire to experience while on this medication. Examples of this medication include thoracine or thoracine. When you have thoracine, another one, uh, we call it the CPZ. CPC is chlorpromazine. Then we have what we call the Haldol, Haldopiridol. Haldol, Haldol is one of the most commonly used antipsychotic medication, and it is a first generation antipsychotic which treats positive signs and symptoms of psychosis, which includes um, hallucination, delusion. Now, this positive signs of, 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 of mental illness, they are not corrected by logic. And that's the reason why when a client tells you, a client who is psychotic tells you, oh, I see two sons in the sky, 
Oh, I see two snakes on my bed. I see a lion in the White House. I, you cannot argue with them. And you cannot confirm what they are saying. You acknowledge what they are saying and you tell that you did not see it. That's why they have seen or exist, but in your world it does not exist. You do not argue with them because they are having positive symptoms. Positive symptoms cannot be taken away by logic. They, are being, they can be carried away by what? Medication. And those drugs are the first generation anti-psychotic medication, which include cocorazines or tyrosines. It includes hardor. You have um, phenytoxin, lots of pins, flu. You have, you have like a, the, uh, you have different types. All these drugs fall under first generation. This medication can treat acute and chronic psychotic problem. It treats schizophrenia spectrum disorder, meaning it treats different kind of schizophrenia. This medication, um, this medication also treats Tourette syndrome. Tourette, Tourette, T-O-U-R-E, double T-E. Tourette syndrome. This drug treats Tourette syndrome. This medication treats agitation. They treat, they treat, uh, they prevent nausea. You remember a drug called Lagatio or CPs, this medication, this Tourette or Clopromazine is also used as an anti-emetic medication because it prevents vomiting. It prevents vomiting, so it can be used as anti-emetic. So this drug that fall on uh, the fourth generation, majority of them can be used to stop vomiting and nausea. Now, this medication also, um, it prevents nausea and vomiting by blocking dopamine chemoreceptors. Because the chemoreceptor of dopamine can increase our urge to vomit. So when you take this medication, they work on the brain, they help to block the dopamine chemical receptor site in the brain, which will prevent vomiting and nausea. Um, another thing on here is um, this medication, um, they have other effects. So now, a big problem with this first generation anti-psychotic medication is what we call the EPS. That's a big problem. They have what we call extra parameter um, syndrome. We call them EPS, extra parameter syndrome. These are very serious adverse effects with the first generation antipsychotic medication. This adverse effect, you have one, acute dystonia. You have acute dystonia under here. This acute dystonia, it is um, the client will experience huge or severe muscle spasm. The tongue will become stiff. They're gonna have the neck the face, the eyes will become stiff and this can lead to a serious problem which will need emergency or rapid treatment, the EPS problem. Now, um, 
it develops within hours or days after the first treatment. So in this case, with this medication, with this EPS, we want to treat it with what? With Benadryl. So you treat it with Benadryl, which is an antihistamine, or you use anti-cholinic medication, anti-cholinic medication. So we either use antihistamine, Benadryl, or we use um, anti-cholinic agent like benzotropines. Atropines, benzotropines are example of anti-cholinic medication. Remember, one of these drugs said it had this effect. So if, if a client has epidastonia, which you know, ben, uh, Benadryl or anti-cholinic agent, like benzotropines, atropines, and other medications that form it. Now, this medication adverse effect or complication, complication and adverse effect are the same. Now, complication or adverse effect. Another one is the client can have what we refer to as Parkinsonism. 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 So the client can have Parkinsonism. In this case, the client will have a mask-like face. The client can develop what we call mask-like. Mask-like face. So the client's face will look like, like a mask. They cannot smile. They cannot change their facial expression. They have a fixed face that looks like when you put on a mask. So that is a good example of Parkinson's disorder or Parkinson's when the client is taking this medication and the client has EPS syndrome. Uh, for this medication, it starts one month after the treatment. Now, I want to say this. For this epidastonia, it starts a few hours after starting the medication or more. For this Parkinson, uh, Parkinson problem, this Parkinson disease, it starts up like one month, one month after starting the medication. I want you understand these durations. They are very important in English. Now, the symptoms of this Parkinson disease include one: the client want to have bradycardia. Oh, sorry, they will have bradykinesia. The client will have bradykinesia. The client is going to have uh, other symptoms such as uh, the client will have um, rigidity, they will have shuffling gait, they will have drawing, they will have agitation. The client is going to have like uh, the client will end up having tremors. These are all examples or symptoms of 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 of, of Parkinsonism. So how do we treat it? We still get the same benzotropine or anti agent. We still give antihistamine benadryls to treat this EPS syndrome. We treat EPS with benadryl with antihistamines, or we treat them with what with um, anti agent. So, so you want to look at you want to look up all of the anti agents in the anklet or, or, or in the mailbox to know what they are. So we treat EPS. Now, you also want to understand what are EPS because we have EPS, we have different kind of EPS problems. So, you want to understand all the EPS are treated with what? Antihistamines or we use anti-cholinic agents to treat them. Benadryl or we can use benzotropines, adropines, and other medications that fall within that particular range. Um, we can also 
Now, it said treat the client with benzodiazepines, diphenhydramine, which is Benadryl, or the client is known amantadine. If these drugs are not working for the client, the client takes amantadine. Amantadines are administered for the client with the EPS problem. And we also discontinue the medication, and if the symptoms return, we administer atypical, uh, atypical anti-psychotic drugs. So if the client cannot take the fourth generation, we administer atypical anti-psychotic. Any question? So let's look at the atypical anti-psychotic medication. Now, for, the, for this medication, um, okay, let me just give you a few things to look at before we leave from here. So, I want to understand that there are two main different drugs reaction with this medication. You have the EPS, so the EPS you're going to have, um, the EPS will be dystonia. Um, okay, let me just read three. The EPS include one, dystonia, you have uh, Parkinsonism, you have um, Acatasia, Acatasia, you have like a uh, um, you have uh, target dyskinesia, TD, target dyskinesia. So these are the EPS symptoms. You want uh, this EPS symptoms? You have dystonia, parkinsonism, acatasia, target dyskinesia. Now, for these EPS symptoms, we treat them with um, Benadryls, Amantadines, and we treat them with, uh, 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 how you call it? We treat, we treat them with uh, um, Benadryl, Antacrylic agent. Now, for the Acatasia, mere Acatasia, this is important, that's why I pause to look them up for you. Let's start with, now these two, we treat them with antihistamines, write them down, antihistamines. We treat them with anti-colonic agent, anti-colonic agent, and we give them amantadine. Amantadine for the dystonia and the Parkinson on the EPS. Now, if the client has acatasia, for the acatasia, we treat um, okay, the acatasia is where the client will stand still. The client stands still, the client does not move, the client stands in one position for a long period of all shaking. They will stay on one leg for some time. That is what we call the acatasia. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry, the opposite of it now is that the client cannot stand straight. So, acatasia is when the client cannot stand still. Let me not get it confused. In acatasia, the client cannot maintain a particular position for a long time. They will be having shuffling gait. That is acatasia. And in acatasia, we want to administer beta blockers. 
benzodiazepines and anticholinergic. For agatasia, want to administer beta blockers, want to administer um, anticholinergic agent, agents, and want to administer for agatasia, want to administer um, the um, the benzodiazepines, the benzodiazepines, benzo. Please remember these things, the sensing and the management, they are very important. Now, for TD, tardive dyskinesia. In tardive dyskinesia, this is where the client is having an involuntary movement of their facial parts, their tongue, their eyes, their nose, their facial muscles. They are moving involuntarily. That's what we call acatasia. In acatasia, uh, sorry, in, in, in TD, lip smacking is one of the most frequently seen symptoms of TD, tardive dyskinesia. Now, in this tardive dyskinesia, um, the client will use we use low dose. So the client is on any of these drugs, we lower the dose. The first thing is we lower the dose of the medication for TB. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is if that does not work, um, we evaluate the client after 12 months of therapy and every three months. If it reappears, we lower the dosage again. If it is not working, then we switch it. Whenever the client is on uh, this first generation anti-psychotic medication, the client, if it is not working for the client, we switch to the atypical medication. That's the, how we treat this, this uh, adverse effect of the medication or complication. That's one aspect. Now, let's look at the next group of symptoms we're going to have, or the next group of complications which we call the NMS. We call them neuroleptic malignant, malignant symptoms. NMS. These are dangerous. The, NM, the NMS, um, under here, is the one that requires medical emergencies so just think on nms mdf for medical medical emergency so when a client has um when a client has eps we can treat the eps but when a client has nms it requires an emergency treatment so the mms is the client will have an abrupt a quick onset of fever, high grade fever. The client gonna have that. The client will have high grade fever, high blood pressure will start to fluctuate. The client will have dysrhythmia, different kind of heart or movement. The client will have muscle rigidity. The client will have bronchospasm. Now, and that's the reason why it requires an emergency because it requires. Um, in emergency treatment, but the client will have some airway problem. The client will have uh, diaphoresis. The client will have drooling. There will be changes in the levels of consciousness. The client will have 
these things, if they are not stopped, they are not arrested, the crime will go into coma. So, for the treatment of this complication, the first thing is we stop the medication. Stop the medication for NMS. The first thing. Second thing is we monitor the crime vital signs. We apply cooling blankets. You apply cooling blankets for the crime of NMS. You go ahead and administer antipyretics, aspirin, acetaminophen. You increase the crime fluid intake. You administer diazepines to control the anxiety because we said diazepines. Remember, we said diazepines fall on our benzodiazepines. And we said benzodiazepines can be anxiolytic medications, they can be hypnotic medication, and they can also be sedative. So, in this case, if we administer diazepine on our here, which is a benzodiazepine, it is being administered as an anxiolytic medication for the client is having anxiety. That's why we are using benzodiazepine in this case. Under here also, the client will receive dantrolene and bromocryptine. The client will receive dantrolene, dantrolene, the client will receive dantrolene, and the client will receive bromocryptine. You remember we talk about um, mast cells stabilized, so we talk about uh, uh, chromoline, uh, medication about looking at asthma condition. These drugs are administered in airway obstruction. And that's why we are also using them when a client has NMS, neuroleptic malignant symptom, because in this case, the client airway has come under attack. Now, so we administer dentroline and bromocryptine to induce muscle relaxation, airway muscle relaxation. So one of the symptoms of MMS is bronchospasm. So we need to administer bromocryptine and dentroline to arrest the bronchospasm. We also wait um, two weeks before resuming the therapy. So if the client uh, got, uh, got arrested, we go for two weeks before uh, starting the treatment. And we will consider the lower the medication. If it is not feasible, we switch the medication to what? The anti, the anti-antidepressant. I mean, Whenever this first generation has problem, we administer the atypical medication. If the financial medication has problem, we stop it, we give the atypical anti-psychotic medication. We're going to stop here because I don't want to keep you for a longer time. Um, we have a lot to look at. We will look at the next time we meet, we'll look at the second, the second generation medication, which I refer to as the atypical anti-psychotic medication. These medications treat um, both positive and, and, and negative symptoms, we'll look at them and that will end psych, uh, psych medication. Then uh, we will um, look at the anti-psychotic, the atypical medication.
like the olazepine, the seroquel, the abilify, those are newer type of medication. Then we'll complete the neurological disorder. We'll take a look at substance abuse, alcohol, withdrawal, and other things. We'll look at that for a short time. Then we'll go to the next system of medication. Any questions so far? Any question?